Welcome, everybody, to episode nine of the UESP podcast. I'm your host, Pylon, and we have a plethora of guests with us tonight. As you can see, the screen is mightily full with lots of other members of the UESP here to chat about all of the news, which is so much news today, which I'm super happy about. So why don't we get started with Below Me. Uh, Lost, do you want to introduce yourself for anybody who's new here? Sure. I'm Lost in Hyrule. I've been with UESP working on it for about a year, and I serve as a junior moderator over on our Discord community. Yes, the pinkies. That's how we divided it. Pinkies are on the left side here, and then (laughs) blues are on the right side over there. Uh, AKB, big in the middle. Want to introduce yourself there? I'm AKB, and I crashed my game. (laughs) No, we've got a sweet black screen tonight. Cool. Well, well, AKB Uh, fixes that. We'll pass over to Alara. Alara, give yourself an introduction. I do a little bit of everything on the UESP. I edit the wiki, and I'm an admin on our forum, Discord, um, social media. And everything. And finally, (laughs) you're going to change your username on Twitter to something else at some point, maybe. (laughs) And Baratron, (laughs) last but not least. Um, I am an admin on the uh, UESP Discord. I also do tweeting on at UESP underscore net. If you see anything about ESO, it's probably me. Um, whereas if you see anything about, you know, general UESP stuff, it's probably AKB. Hey, I uh, tweeted a picture of a Silstrider in ESO today, end of a uh, on say today. That's, that's, that's a things. lot of ESO content for you, AKB. <laughs> it might be a record. Cool. Well, let's move yeah, over to the news. Do miscellaneous stuff we got much news so we've got a lot of news to go through so we're gonna Mm -hmm. move over quickly now okay so we have a ton of news to go over today so i wanted to start off with a couple little tidbits one of them i forgot to put in the notes but We have finally submitted the audio version of the podcast to your various different players out there. So we have, let me see, we have Spotify and Anchor and Pocket Casts are now available. So that's pretty exciting for us. So we've got that coming up. Um, And then I see that it's been colored for me to talk about, but Lost, I'm going to switch over to you. Do you want to talk about the Bethesda game days? I can basically read off what you have there, Pylon. I didn't write so, it. That's why I'm passing it off to you. <laughs> understandable. The Bethesda gameplay days are coming up in Boston, and the date is listed right down there below at March 29th, so a Friday of next week, if I'm counting correctly. But they're going to be at Laugh Boston and MJ O'Connor's Irish Pub, and the address you'll have to look up online because I'm sure I'll read it out incorrectly. But... The pub meetup is next to the PAX East Convention Center, so you don't have to have a badge to get in, and you just show up, and you get to enjoy the Bethesda gameplay days there. And then the fans who attend in person can get either a t-shirt of the PAX East event, and there's other official swag. I think Baratron's demonstrating what they have last year. Ooh. So that's the shirt that she picked up in 2018. And hopefully something of equal or greater value will be available in 2019 if you show up. Do I have that date right? Or do they have a separate event going on for the gameplay days? Are they they two things or just one? 
So they're uh, two days long, and um, it's from right. 1 to 9 p.m. each day, and they'll be having streams on each of those days, plus uh, gameplay demos um, all day, pretty much. Excellent. And then the on the second day, right, Friday, or is Saturday the second day? Saturday is the second day. Okay, so on the first day, then, Friday, there's going to be an, an Elder Scrolls 25th anniversary panel. Todd Howard and Matt Fuhrer are both going to be there. It's going to be at 3.30 p.m. EDT, and you'll have to do your own translations to other time zones, but 3.30 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. Hey, I gave the GMT. It's there. Look, it's just there. 7.30 p.m. GDT. GMT. Well, I should find the oh, hat gloves they uh, gave us at the event last year, too. I'll grab this quick. Yeah. Shirt. <laughs> so, Baratron, um, you went to this last year, you said, correct? Can I you did, yes. kind of give it a little bit of a summary of what we can see, what you saw there last time, or how things actually worked? So, basically, um, there are game demos, and you can stand in a queue for some amount of time and play um, stuff that isn't actually out yet. So, last year, there was, um, well, it's on here. There was Quake Champions, which I have to say I completely ignored. There was uh, Somerset, so it was your first opportunity to play to, to play Somerset before it even reaches the PTS. Uh, there was Legends, and there was Wolfenstein 2. This year, it's going to be uh, something called Rage 2, which I don't know anything about. Um, Elder Scrolls Legends, Elder Scrolls Blades, and elsewhere. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to have a lot of good content to get back after that um i'm gonna move on to the next uh little section here while we wait for oh no we got alara back did she find anything were you able to find your swag alara i was able to find the hat i'm not sure where i uh put the gloves at the moment but they are basically black with just a little uh logo patch on them and um then here is the hat Ooh, that's the eso ouroboros Yep. A very fancy logo and kind of oh, low-key, which I appreciate in my swag. I, am... I actually, this is my like main winter hat right now. <laughs> nice. I'm 100% with you, Lost, on swag being like, it could be, a, if if anybody plays games, they know what it is. But if it's just a norm, like anybody else sees it on the street, then it's just a cool symbol on things. That's 100% how I like my game swag. Mm -hmm. When they have like the big t-shirts with like the big iron-on transfer that's like blood and gut spilling out because of doom or something like that that's where i'm a little bit like i'm like i'm not gonna wear that in public it's gonna be a weird <laughs> thing to do there so um i'm gonna steal the next note from alara since she just ran away so exciting <laughs> news in our discord and twitch channels is we have a new lemon turtle emote to celebrate the new lemon layman turtle is that how you pronounce it? layman tuttle Layman Tuttle. Layman Tuttle no, is his name. First time. It's Lemon Turtle. It's Lemon Turtle. <laughs> uh, the new lore master for ESO. So we're super happy. Everybody loves him from all of the talk. Uh, he was the one that was the lead writer in the, for the Clockwork City that everybody holds is probably like their favorite lore in Elder Scrolls recent history. I know that's probably one of mine when they the conversation with Sosacil at the end is just like it's perfect. It was perfectly done, so I'm super happy to have him on board. And so in Discord, you can now use the Lemon Turtle. And coming soon to Twitch, if you're one of our subscribers, the Lemon Turtle will also be available. So we should be good there. 
I'm just going to do a quick update because I believe we're having technical difficulties again. So I'm just checking, but I think we're mostly back. So there may be some glitches in the stream tonight, but we're recording it locally tonight because I anticipated this possibly happening. So we'll up. if you have any trouble watching the stream tonight, we'll be uploading it to YouTube and to the actual version of the stream to Twitch later. So shouldn't have a problem there. On that note, Baratron, would you like to go over the ESO news today? So much ESO news. So much. Okay, so um, first of all, we've got yet another event, which is the Justice Festival, which begins on uh, Thursday, 21st of March at 10 a.m. EDT, which is uh, 2 p.m. GMT, and runs until Tuesday, the 2nd of April at 10 a.m. EDT, which is uh, still 2 p.m. GMT, but by then... Europe will also be in daylight savings time. Um, and if you want to take part in this, then you go to either Ebonheart, Vocal Guard, or Daggerfall, and there's like a funny, strange purple tent thing, <laughs> uh, sort of just outside the city. If you didn't do it last year, then you need to complete the introductory quest, which is called the Justice Festival, uh, which grants you the Pie of Misrule Memento. And once you've got that memento, every time you activate it, you get a two-hour double XP buff. So, you know, it's really worth doing. Even if you don't care about any of the rest of the event, that's worth doing. Uh, now, each of those pavilions, there are three pavilions, and uh, there's a, a jester, king, or queen at each one. And uh, they have a, a, a daily quest. Each one has their own daily quest. And uh, the first time that you complete one of those you get two event tickets. Um, there's a total of 24 tickets to be available to be earned by the end of the event. And this is long. This is really long. <laughs> I mean, I am summarising. I am summarising here. The actual um, web page just goes on and on and on. Um, now, the first time you complete the daily quest for each jester each day. Now, this is uh, account-based, not character-based. So uh, basically the first three times that you do these, uh, you get a Jester's Festival stupendous box, which contains Cadwell's kitchen arm style pages. We have no idea what these look like, uh, but you'll be able to use them in the uh, outfit station to get to make your weapons look strange. We don't know how yet. There'll be parts for two new mementos, which are the festive noisemaker and the Justice Festival Joke Popper, and other stuff, including room boxes for the um, previous uh, Justice Festival things, and some <laughs> something they've, they've put down is basically stuff you can sell, and we don't really know what any of it yeah, is. Yeah, we don't know too, too much about what they're going to be. <laughs> um, I don't think I even saw them on the PTS, if I'm remembering correctly. I didn't so, spend too, so too long on the mystery. PTS, but yeah, it's a bit of a mystery, so... There's uh, also going to be pies, and you can yeah. use the pies towards... You can pie people, uh, other players of other alliances, and if you do this in Cyrodiil and then kill them, then you get an achievement. So it's worth doing. Okay. Uh, so that's the Jester's Festival. I really like Quite that the Jester's Festival is two tickets for doing one thing. Um, I found the past events and i know i'm not alone in thinking this but i'm a i'm getting a little bit vented out which seems like a weird complaint it's like guys stop giving me so much content to consume but like 
I like that it's two tickets for one event right now so that I still feel like after doing my daily to get my event ticket, I can go do other things as well. Whereas I felt like with like the heists and the everything, like I would do the heist and then I would do my murder with the Dark Brotherhood and then I just didn't want to play anymore. I was like, okay, like that's well, it for the night. So I don't know about anyone else, but I was I was trying the sacraments and they took me so long because I'd never done them before and I didn't yeah. know where I was going. And you know, I think each one took me about ten to fifteen minutes and that's quite a lot of gameplay. Anyway. Yeah, I, I'm also just not so, good at them, so that might have also contributed to it. Yeah. Other stuff, we've got the Elder Scrolls online panels at the uh, PAX East event. First one is on Friday the 29th of March at 6.30pm EDT, which is 10.30pm GMT. Second one's on Saturday the 30th of March at 3.30pm EDT, which is 7.30pm GMT. Um, And the Friday panel will be about elsewhere and what everyone will get to play at the event, the Zone, the Necromancer class, the Sunspire trial, etc. The Saturday panel will be more of a Q&A, um, and the questions will be uh, from the forum and from Reddit. Uh, apparently, the people who are going to be there from ESO, we've got Gina Bruno and Jessica Folsom, who are the community managers, Rich Lambert, the creative director, Brian Wheeler, the lead combat designer, Mike Finnegan, the dungeon lead, and Sarah Hecker from social media. And certainly we know that Matt uh, Firrell will be there for a while because he's at least there for the 25th anniversary event. So if you go with uh, merchandise, you might be able to get get a set of signatures. Um, They're going to be giving away at the event elsewhere-themed coins, moon sugar soda, and a convention-exclusive hot-blooded Bantam Guar pet code. And Twitch viewers will get... Somebody's typing this as Sorry. I go. Apparently my uh, volume scroll wheel adds uh, paragraph marks and dots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That'll be, that'll be what's going on. Um, but yeah, Twitch viewers will get an, oh, I can't say the word, Ouroboros crate per day. Ouroboros. Ouroboros, yeah. yes. Plus uh, an exclusive clouded scent leopard cub pet. And that's it. And now I'm going to cough, so I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of ESO news, but it's good news, so. And you didn't mute yourself, I'm sorry. <laughs> it didn't work. I pressed Control-M. Control-M <laughs> is supposed to be mute. A quick note, um, someone asked in chat about the Indric. So getting the event tickets, the Indrics are one of the big rewards people are going mm-hmm. for. This event is the last time that the berries for the Dawnwood, I think it's called, Indric, will be available. Yeah. So... If you were hoping to evolve your nascent Idric to the Dawnwood variant, you will want to play the Jester's Festival consistently. So you can get that last berry. Yeah, I think I need I two more have... berries with uh, for the Dawnberry or the Dawnwood one. And I think I'm going to get it because I'm and do the full Jester's Festival to do it because I don't know if I'll have the stamina to go through and do all of the other ones to get the next set of Indrix and all the event tickets. I might see what else I can end up buying with them. So yeah, I'm just getting... yeah. yeah, it is. And it's pretty quick too. It's quick and it's fun. Yeah. So I think this will be the one that I'm like, okay, I'm really digging into this event. And then the next ones, I might take a little bit of a break from doing the event so I can get back to some of the story modes I've been trying to dig into. <laughs> Yeah, same thing- here. I've got the berries for the um, Indrix. Well, I mean, I'll get the fourth one for this, but I think I'm going to just hold on to them just in case there's another Indrix in the future that I, you know, prefer 
Yeah. And I'm getting, you know, extra feathers too in the meantime. Apparently, you can spend five event tickets on extra pieces of the Cadwell um, style pack Ooh. as well. So they're giving it out there. Like I said, the article is, is humongous. Yeah. Yeah, we'll link it that in really the patch is. notes uh, for the podcast afterwards so that people can find yeah. it all. Awesome. Well, Alara, do you want to go through the plethora of Legends announcements that we had? I'd just like to point out, too, that yesterday we were starting the podcast. We're like, man, there's no news to talk about. This is going to be a quick <laughs> one. And then because we waited a day, they released all of the announcements on all of the platforms. So Legends has a fair n- number of uh, updates as well. Um, so one of the main things is the patch 2.8, which is coming later this week. Um, I'll link there to the um, article that they have. And I think we have images. At least I gave them to Pylon earlier. Uh, it's mostly for balance changes. So there's three main things that they did here. They uh, nerfed the Endoral Archmage, Siege Catapult, and um, also that Slake creatures will no longer get the reward for destroying themselves. So um, Sword of the Inferno was a card that was used a lot for that. So um, that's included in the um, refunds for the nerfs. And how the refunds will work this time is the same way they worked in the last balance patch. And... Um, so if you log in within three weeks after the patch, you'll automatically get the difference between the summon and soul trap costs. So like for ep- epic cards, it costs 100 to trap and 400 to summon. So you're, if you log in, you'll automatically get 300 soul gems for each copy of the card you have up to three. And then on top of that, you can also soul trap that card for the full summon cost. So you get 400 for that epic if you soul trap it. Then the other big thing for Legends is um, PAX East stream um, on Saturday Saturday at the event, I believe. Um, yeah, Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And so that will include the Community Manager, manager CVH, Card Designer Josh Utter-Layton, Brand Manager Joey Howell, and Streamer Silverfuse. And from what it sounds like, it'll... Um, be a 2019 roadmap. So everyone is really excited about that. We haven't had a lot of new content lately with the whole developer switch, but they've pretty much found their feet. And so everyone is really eager for more expansion to speed up. And people who are there in person can get Legends mouse pads and phone stands while supplies last. There'll be a live drawing for a Legends themed headset. And Twitch viewers will get a, a drop of a premium Legendary card. Yeah, so that's a lot of a lot of big updates there from Legends. So it's good to see that the they're finally kind of getting back on track after the transition to Sparky Pants. It seems like things are kind of back in content mode and doing a lot of changes. So mm-hmm. I am happy to see that. And Lost, in our world of other Bethesda games, what else is happening out there? So the very short of it is that more Blades invites were sent out to the closed beta. So... <laughs> Other people that are in iOS after the first wave, if you didn't get it, but you did sign up, check your inbox. You might have been invited to the closed beta, but you can say nothing more than that because it's under a very strict NDA. So if you got in, congratulations. I guess I won't hear from you for a while. Um, <laughs> there there was an, a brief tweet, I think it was, showing off a little bit of the UI for Blades. A hypothesis is that they had two different testing accounts that there's one Android thing that they just could easily use their dev kit to switch between the different resolutions, but to switch to the notch, they had to unload that and load into a different version. I don't know why that would be, but 
if you check it out, I meticulously looked at all of the inventory things for no particular reason. And <laughs> that's what I found. Notch was a different account than No Notch. Then unrelated to Blades, this last week saw four new creations released for Skyrim's Creation Club. So if you're inclined to look at those things, I'd go check them out. I've heard good things about some of them. They came out with a new player home called the Ratways. It's inside it's connected to the Thieves' Den inside Riften. They released a set of armor related to what they call the Spell Knights. They are a Breton knightly order that have something to do with the Crypt of Hearts. I've heard a tiny bit more than that, but you should play it if you want to hear more of the story. They released things that are related to the Staff of Chaos. The lore is that several different mages have been in attempting to emulate what the Staff of Chaos was and what it was able to accomplish, and so have been creating their own magic artifacts throughout the ages and you're pursuing the path they took to recreate them so there are two new staves based on the staff of chaos and an amulet to go along with it and then the last one which i've seen the most talk about on the discord is that the artifact umbra has returned to tamriel that it was thought destroyed or at least something serious happened during the novels and now it is back it possesses a guy, and there's apparently a very intricate dungeon involved where you go in, you meet him inside this ancient arena, and you defeat the wielder and take Umbra for yourself. And I've mostly seen two thumbs up for that one. Yeah, I know everybody before that one came out was like, this is ridiculous, I'm so mad that it came out like, yeah, okay, I'm okay with it. So I'm excited to actually try it out, but I haven't got a chance to. I haven't even reinstalled Skyrim since I reinstalled Windows on my computer, so... I need to get through and do all of that. And then I realize it's not in our notes here, but uh, AKB, while you're in the middle of your dialogue there and probably completely distracted from what's going on, um, I believe Bethesda tweeted out some information about uh, E3 today. Do you want to give a little talk about what happened there? Okay. Audio Uh, back now. So (laughs) they released this poster that kind of hinted at what they'd be talking about. Uh, now, they did this two years ago where they had a construction site and they went like, oh, this is what we're going to be doing. And uh, there was two that were unannounced in there still. One was Prey and one was the next Wolfenstein. Uh, those were the surprise ones on there. So hopefully the, uh, the poster here is actually hinting towards a few of the surprises. But the real surprise I think that they're hinting at is the fact that everyone's looking up at a as stars while standing in a field. Maybe. Or, I believe we had some other theories of what they were looking at here. So, I've posted what the, I believe, Lost suggested we did for the most the most complete uh, theories we have here. So, Lost, do you want to go through what we had here, if you have it available to you? I know it's probably pretty small to look at there, but... So, we were basically just trying to identify who the different silhouettes represented. Some of them were a little easier than others. The little floating balls, clearly a cacodemon, cacodemon from Doom. Over to the far right, there's a dog. So we figured either dog meat or I threw in Barbus, but I guess that might be a little too obscure. The thing <laughs> flying in the top right, we're pretty sure is a dragon. We think that might be a reference to Skyrim. Oh, by the way, look away <laughs> if you haven't finished Oblivion yet and want to. Oh, yeah. Well, Don't. they're not showing that right now. I can see it in the corner of my screen. 
can, um, can we just go back for a second though over there far on the left of that lineup and there's a few other that we went in and tried to pick out um there's a guy who's holding something weird, which after a lot of pondering and thinking it was the tail of a Khajiit, we realized it's the three-pronged boomerang <laughs> thing from the Rage series. So really, they've just got a bunch of different characters from their series. So that was our main theory. I think the fact that they are all staring at the night sky and looking at stars while standing in a field probably does hint that Starfield is going to be displayed at E3. Yeah. But... One of the things that somebody recommended in Discord that AKB realized for us is that we have alternate theories on who these characters are. Right here. If you can't see it clearly, you should be able to. We've got pretty high resolution stream. But going from left to right, it's Mimic, 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 so on and so forth until the very far right. And we are positive the dog is not a Mimic. <laughs> I mean, mostly sure it's not a mimic. I don't know what the telltale signs are, so I'm actually not sure at all. But <laughs> I don't these are like... our two attempts. It's either 100% this one or 100% the previous one on identifying <laughs> the characters. It's Yeah, it's got to be one of the two, so we'll have to find out. I also do think the dragon is not a Skyrim dragon, but likely an elsewhere dragon. Oh, good point. That will be on display at E3, and it's the season of the dragon right now. So I think it's likely that that one's not a Skyrim reference, but actually a ESO reference. And if and Pylon uh, hit the timer. That's the end of our any percent speed run for Oblivion. Yeah. How long have we been live for? Thirty-three minutes. Damn it! Sorry, buddy. <laughs> not a record. No world records tonight. <laughs> So I think we that's... just got a subscription. To oh, the hooray! Podcast, by the way, Sipeeb <laughs> subscribed at tier one. Thank you. Thank you, Sipeeb. <laughs> I think that's all we have in the news section. So I think it's time to pop over to our scholarly pursuits. Okay, so as lost happily pointed out i've already announced my scholarly pursuit and since we have a lot of talk of ourselves coming up really soon i'm gonna leave it at that and jump over to alara so i've been playing legends and i got to the i think it's tower rank rank two which is i think maybe about the highest i've ever been Ooh, um, congrats so, yeah having trouble climbing through that one but i'm happy about that uh did the eso dailies for the uh, Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild event. Um, I've especially been trying to get that uh, achievement for doing a sacrament without being seen. And I was so close to it the other night, but I thought that you also had to get like the optional things. And um, yeah, I was like seen by the character, the second character I was supposed to kill, and that just completely ruined it. I would have gotten it otherwise. <laughs> um, so I'm about to start Merc Briar next in the game. Um, I also got this this week. This is the official Elder Scrolls cookbook. Um, it's coming out next week, I think, on the 26th. And um, I can't say more about it because it's still under embargo, but it looks like there's a lot of good things in here. Awesome. And is that everything I think there? So we might move over to Lost. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a little bit of a zigzag tonight. So Lost. I've been playing more pinball. I've continued to thoroughly love that game since I've got back into it. I'm 
only have one more amulet, one more ring, and one more potion of everything available to find and therefore document their exact game text. I switched over to using magic instead of using weapons, and have it tiered up from novice to apprentice tier, which has unlocked a bunch of other spells available to find in shops and find in loot. So I've started using those. Um, unfortunately, that means I can no longer use my sneak attack with a two-handed axe tactic. <laughs> and instead, I have to cast Oak Flesh and then start pelting them with Frost Bolts. But it's I... still going smoothly. I'm able to absorb quite a few hits as I slowly take people down with magic attacks now. I have absolutely no idea what that any of that meant. Because I have not played... Elder Scrolls Pinball, and I'm like, well, how are, how are, how do you do a battle axe attack with a sneak? At what? So, I'm going to need to play that. It's a fun game. I've learned that pinball, I think I've said this before, but pinball I hadn't played in years, and it's just a really cool game medium. And so I'm really glad that I've got an Elder Scrolls excuse to get into it and keep playing it, because... I'm the only person on the wiki trying to document it. <laughs> and I will take that responsibility gladly. But that's it for me. Baratron, how about yourself? Uh, well, I've been doing the Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood event, but more excitingly, um, I went to an Elsewhere preview on Tuesday, last Tuesday. And I'm not allowed to talk about it. It's terrible. <laughs> And I know all these things that I'm not allowed to tell you about. Um, have you got the photos? I do have the photos. Let me throw them over here. Okay, so it was me, um, Amira from the Wiki, and Cry Havoc, who's from the Wiki and Discord and the EU podcast. And we did a full interview, about 15 minutes, with Rich Lambert, who's the creative director for ESO. And we talked to Matt um, Farrell about various things, including how much he likes the UESP. And we played elsewhere for about 25 minutes, and I can't tell you anything about it! <laughs> Still talking about how much he likes UESP also under NDA. I don't think that's under NDA, no. I think, I think we're allowed to mention that. Actually, the one, thing, the one thing I probably can tell you is that I played the new tutorial, and it is probably the best out of every tutorial there's ever been i think this is this is the best one well before you break any embargoes akb other than dying and being ill how about your scholarly pursuits this week oh pretty good you know i i uh failed to set a any percent record for oblivion just now that was pretty <laughs> depressing but now i'm going to do a proper 100 percent playthrough which is how long the screen's uh, the stream's going to go on, by the way, until I finish a 100% playthrough of Oblivion. I'll be going to bed, but you can over. keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Awesome. Well, let's move over to our unanswered lore questions. So... Lost in Hyrule, do you want to read over our unanswered lore question for this week? I want everyone to answer this one, too, because I am very, very conflicted about this. <laughs> this one, I think, just came out today, if 
my memory is more accurate than AKB's was earlier. But <laughs> let's say you're in position possession of Mayrun's razor. If you're using it for something simple, like slicing a piece of bread or cutting food at the table, and you slip and you cut your finger, does it instantly kill you? Does it have a chance to instantly kill you? The triggering that knife's special enchantment. Yes, I think I so. Yes, it's it's a daedric weapon. It does not have safety features. No, <laughs> I only my thoughts on that too because I'm trying to remember which I think it was Skyrim with it that who did I accidentally kill by like I clicked my mouse when I didn't mean to, and of course that was the time that it triggered. And killed like a follower or something like I can't remember who it was. I was like, no, might have been a guard. I don't remember, but anyways, it one time triggered for me, and I never get it to trigger otherwise. Whenever I want it to, like the whatever one percent chance it is to actually do an instant kill, never does it when I want to. But that was the only time I think I've actually had it trigger. Now, yep. I'm going to say that. That's wrong, actually. I don't think you can accidentally kill yourself with it. Because, one, I don't think Mayor Stagon's that big into suicide. And, I mean, that's more of a... Well, it's not Mayor and Stagon. I'm sure one of the Daedric Princes like people killing themselves, but I don't think it's Mayor and Stagon. But the fact is, if this w could happen, it would have already happened. And we would know about it, surely. How would we know about it? Who is going to use a Daedric artifact with the ability of instant death to slice up a salami? Maybe I mean, that's the only thing in your knife drawer that day. See, I th <laughs> Everything else is in the watch. I think <laughs> it could be enough to trigger the enchantment because, you know, if you're stupid enough <laughs> to use a Daedric weapon for a mundane task, then you're probably not worthy of possessing the Daedric weapon, let's face it. So, I yeah. reckon the prince would take it back and try and find a better wielder. It's not one-to-one, -one, but I was just reading the other day about an issue with the razor in, I think, Oblivion, where if an enemy has spell reflect and you try to stab them with it, you run a risk of instantly killing yourself. Oh! I believe that's accurate. Because so then that the would settle the rebounds. question. It's yeah, not well. perfect because you're still but... attacking, but... It seems like they're the same idea. There is not something built in that says the wielder can't get killed by it, though. And I feel like we would also never know, too, because if I stumbled upon a scene and I go and run into AKB's house and there he is dead in a pile of tomatoes with a dagger beside him, I'm just going to assume somebody killed him with the dagger. I'm not going to assume he accidentally killed himself. I'm just going to be like, whoa, I'm getting out of here. There's a crazy... But he only has a cut on his finger and nowhere else. I don't know if I would have inspected it that much. Like, I like but the guy, but the I'm probably would. getting out of there. <laughs> the priest of RK, I suppose, in our scenario would, because you're in Tamriel. True. Yeah, they potentially, and then they could assume it would. But I still think they would lead to, well, they would know it's a Daedric weapon, I would assume. So, But they would think somebody else did it, if potentially. Probably so true. nobody, we would never know if somebody accidentally killed themselves. We would never know. And this that, is why it's an unanswered lore question. We need a little jingle. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like the, the now you know star in reverse. 
going across the screen with the everything. less you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, it's time to move over to our topic. And I don't even know if I updated our topic yet. So let's find out. Do, do, do. We did. Hooray. Okay, so we've got a little bit of a different topic tonight because we originally went in tonight thinking we didn't have a lot of topics to talk about. Um, As of yesterday, we didn't have too much, and it seems like then they were like, cool, we'll wait till after they do their podcast and then do all the announcements, and it was entirely just a slight against us. It's nothing to do with coincidences or anything else. So what we wanted to do is kind of talk about ourselves. I know a lot of people may not know backgrounds of people and we're just kind of floating heads here talking about elder scrolls but it's crazy that we're actually real people too so i think it's useful and we can talk about a little bit so we're going to kind of go over like what our favorite uh games are that we do in general what our first elder scrolls games we played and kind of like what our life like is is like in real life so i'm going to start with lost to go through it there and i'll bump back to myself afterwards sure so we sort of start specific and we zoom out. So we start with our first Elder Scrolls game. And this is technically cheating, but the first Elder Scrolls game I heard about was Morrowind. And I spent a lot of time at school having conversations with friends who had played it and telling all of the super cool stories that were involved in what they had done. The fact that if you took people out, they never came back. And theoretically, you could wipe out this entire island of people, which doesn't really appeal to me now but was interesting that a game could do that at the time and you had the ability to fly and really powerful magic and blades to go through dungeons it all sounded incredible but i didn't have a console that would play it or a computer that would run it i never thought to look for it because i thought it was only on xbox i'm sorry i'm super distracted by the broken bow and arrow (laughs) that akb currently has on screen it's just the tail of a rat. rat Oh, carrying a giant rat. why is it wiggling? It looked like a bow that you had like pulled and it was, oh no, it's just a rat. That's how I carry rats. I don't know about you. Guys. Oh, so it's just wiggling. I'm sorry. That was way too distracting. <laughs> okay. This is higher priority than my Elder Scrolls history. I get well, it. We're moving back into the Elder Scrolls now that he's beat somebody with a rat. So Technically, this is a segue because he is playing Oblivion, and Oblivion's the first Elder Scrolls <laughs> game I actually got to play. I visited a friend's house, and he showed me on his brand-new gaming laptop this brand-new video game, and I got to play through the sewers and enjoy that entire intro experience and then start exploring the wilderness. And he said, you can go anywhere. And so I eventually set my sights on this mountain and started wandering along outside the Nibbin Bay to head towards it. And when I got to the bottom of it, after several adventures and killing a bandit and all sorts of stuff, I hit an invisible wall right at the bottom. And then that was frustrating. And then we stopped and we probably played Smash Brothers or some other game. But that was the end of my Elder Scrolls experience until sometime in college where I got Oblivion Game of the Year edition. And to this day, it's still the only mainline Elder Scrolls game I've finished the main quest of, but I have played a little bit of pretty much every one of them and have been a fan since then. Um, Gaming history in general, based on my name, everyone can guess that I'm a big fan of the Zelda series. I thought you liked Super Mario. Mario's also great, but (laughs) not the one I named myself after. I was first exposed to Zelda when I was quite young, 
um, probably eight or so, I went over to a friend's house and he had both Link's Awakening and Ocarina of Time. And I absolutely loved those games, but also didn't get around to owning any of them until a little bit later on in middle school after we got a GameCube. I was at somebody else's house helping my dad work. I saw the kids playing Wind Waker and they were sailing along on a stormy night and then suddenly a whirlpool erupts and this huge octopus comes out. They start firing cannons at it. (laughs) And I thought that was the coolest thing I had ever seen. And got Wind Waker not too long after that for my birthday. And first Zelda game that I owned and beat. And now I have played basically every Zelda game. The only Zelda games I haven't played are ones that, unless you're a diehard fan, you don't know exist. I've played a lot of other games since then. My Steam collection's probably over 200 things now. And I've not gotten to hardly any of them, though I hope to someday. And besides mainline stuff like Zelda and Elder Scrolls, my wife occasionally says I'm a bit of a hipster because I'll try weird stuff like World of Goo and Little Inferno. If it's interesting, I'm willing to spend a little bit of time to try it out and experiment with it. I love World of Goo. I absolutely love love that game. You can't stop progress, and I happily (laughs) reference it. Then for just general information about me, I'm a Christian living in Indiana. I'm happily married for just about five years now. We have two cats, Tybalt Leftpaw, Prince of Cats, and then the Great Destroyer, who we nicknamed Dez. And they mostly behave. One of them was trying to burrow into the office a little bit ago, but I don't think anyone heard that, and he was not strong enough to open the door, which would have been distracting. My job, I work as a web application developer for a university. I do database design and then the web interfaces to support them. I can't tell you what the best colors are for user engagement, but I can make something look good enough and I can make it function. (laughs) That's really all that matters. Most of our things are internal, so the functionality is the more important part. You'll have to forgive my lack of American geography knowledge. Indiana is central U.S.? Classified as Midwest. We're just below Lake Michigan. Oh, okay. Michigan. Okay, so just below Michigan. So if you're thinking the thumb of Michigan, it's kind of right at where the wrist would be? The wrist mostly borders Indiana. It a tiny bit touches Ohio on the east side. Gotcha. My my yeah, my American geography knowledge is atrocious. Which is my the rest of the world geography knowledge is only okay. Which is bad because I focused on uh, like pre war American history in university, so well, <laughs> I should know Indiana the geography was better, but a whole lot in the major battles, so I'll give yeah. you that one. Yeah, so that's okay. Um so I'll go over to me now, and other than being incredibly emotionally invested in AKB's rat that he's been carrying around <laughs> for the past couple of minutes, no, I and I, I saw that, and I the tear came in my eye at that generous gift, and I was worried for the rat when you dropped it, and <laughs> yeah, that was a so I apologize to our audio listeners that you weren't able to see that because it was glorious. Um, so for me. My first Elder Scrolls game came from me working after school in whenever the Xbox came out because I wanted to buy an Xbox to play Halo. I was really excited. To I'm be not able sure to what play. happened there. My uh, uh, Skype just crashed, so I'm are you on? My window looks weird. Are you on mobile now? 
No, I'm not. Weird. This is, yeah, just my there, computer. It's all coming back slowly. Yeah, I think I like... Yeah, I just going to the window and just completely crashed. Interesting. Well, you're back. We've got Nalara again. Hooray. Uh, and you're back to normal. Everything's all good. All right. I know. Good old Skype. Um, so, yeah. So, I wanted to play Halo because that's what all my friends were getting was Halo. And then I saved enough money to buy the Xbox. And I sold my Nintendo 64 so that I could pay for it. And I had enough money left over to buy one other game other than Halo when I got it. So, I heard people talking about there was another game because I wanted to play something that had, like, swords and magic and that kind of stuff in it with a big story. And I heard people talking about Morrowind. So I was like, okay, I have no idea what this game is. And that was the first introduction I had to Morrowind, and I loved it, except for I was terrible at it because I was young enough at the time that I didn't think about min-maxing. I didn't think about, like, spending your attribute points on the the correct way of doing it. So I was like, I'm going to do it on the way that looks fun to me. So I'll put everything into spears and medium armor instead of, like, the, like proper way to play so it got to the point where i was like just terrible at the game i couldn't do anything so i used cheat codes and i remember to this day it was black white black 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 gave you instant refilling health bars in morrowind and that was the only way i actually beat that game was just like punching dagathur and he'd kill me in one shot but my health bar would regenerate instantly so i wouldn't actually die so it was basically god mode that's basically the only way i ever beat morrowind and i haven't played it again since um and then just in general like i've been playing computer games basically my entire life we had a commodore 64 with the paratrooper game which was my favorite when i was really little um that one was one little paratroopers would fall from the sky and you'd had to like i think shoot out their parachutes which sounds awful but it was literally like two-bit graphics so nobody actually noticed you'd see like a line that was supposed to be a paratrooper um thinking about it now it's actually terrible what i was doing back then i shouldn't have been playing that game at such a young age explains so much of my life um i built my first pc when i was 16 by saving enough money working on a garlic farm which was the worst job i've ever had i spent a summer picking garlic which is smells as bad as it sounds and while I was doing that, I found an, an extra cable at the end, and I was doing it with my dad. And I was like, oh, I don't know what this cable's for. And then we found a spot on the motherboard where that cable would fit into. So we said, cool, plugged it in, turned it on, the computer caught fire. So that was exciting. <laughs> um, I've built a few hundred computers since then and have not lit any more on fire. So I think I learned my lesson the first time. I've had all of the Nintendo consoles um, until GameCube. I didn't have a GameCube. I did have a Wii. I did have a Wii U, but I don't have a Switch yet. And it's really sad because I really want a Switch, but I can't justify it yet. It needs to come down in price just a little bit more for the amount that I'll actually play it. Um, and then if we're just talking about real life, so I've been married forever, it feels like. I think we're coming on 10 years. So it's actually been quite some time. I, father of two i have a three-year-old and an 11 month old whose birthday is actually coming up so he'll be one really soon so that's exciting and i currently am a project manager in it i work for a fitness company um and i used to be an it manager for a game studio and i've worked in game studios for quite a long time in the past so that's kind of where my career history starts there so i want to bump down over next to baratron because you don't have anything in, and it's a giant mystery of what you're going to talk about now. 
I just didn't see the point of typing it. In. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my my first Elder Scrolls game was Skyrim, and I think I've talked on a previous um, podcast about how I actually rented it from Blockbuster to see if I, I was going to like it before I bought it. Back when that was still a feasible option, and uh, I played I miss Skyrim. Blockbuster. Basically non oh, not not quite non-stop. I was working as well. But you know what I mean? When I wasn't working, I was playing Skyrim um basically until June. So I just played it from, from January to June. Um and by then I'd done basically everything that, that was that was in it and there wasn't any DLC out yet. So at that point I borrowed Oblivion from a friend and played that for a bit and was like, Yes, I love this, and went out and bought the game of the year edition um and played that until there was dlc and then i played skyrim again and then i played oblivion again etc um in terms of general gaming i am old and british so my first experiences <laughs> well no no it my first experiences of gaming were, were, was the was the bbcb uh-huh. um now every school in the country had at least one bbcb during the early 80s. And yeah. do you want to explain what a BBCB is to the non-British folk here? A computer that was... These things were basically solid metal. Absolutely They were like solid. a big... They looked like a big TV screen, if I remember. Uh, no, well, no, no, no. Because, I mean, you, you plugged it into a TV. No, it's like a, a big... Um, metal box with a keyboard that was so hard and clicky it was like the commodore yeah um well no even tougher than that i mean the the bbcbs were used in schools and hospitals for a long time after best computers were available because you could literally have a fit on the keyboard and the computer (laughs) would be fine seriously and um so yeah i mean basically it had you know 32 k of ram <laughs> more than you'll ever need and the first the first bbcbs came with you know cassette drives and uh, the first game i actually played was this thing called twin kingdom valley which was a text adventure with um with graphics for some of the locations but i was i was like 10 i didn't understand what was going on um and then of course there were the educational games there was this one called osprey which was about Ospreys, which were um, at the time heavily endangered bird. So this was one of these, you know. Um, I think like every American has played this um, Oregon Trail game. Oregon right? Trail. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like every British kid played Osprey. It's cross country Canada for the Canadian fans out there. That was our big one where you could pick up a hitchhiker <laughs> and that was the edgy thing to do as an eight year old. Gosh. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, and. When I was a teenager, I didn't really play a lot of games. I I, I I had like about 20 pen pals and I did that instead, like wrote to my pen pals. But then when I was, and then when I was at university, I played a mod, uh, text only multiple user dungeon thing, which is like the predecessor to MMOs. Uh, and then when I was doing postgrad work, I bought a PlayStation 1 and that was the end of it. <laughs> that was me as a gamer forevermore. Uh, now, in terms of the kind of games I like, um, other than Elder Scrolls, I have played many Pokemon games. Um, I haven't really been so into them lately because there's like a 
a formula. Yeah, definitely. You know, you are child. You get your first Pokemon. You go on an adventure. And I get, it gets to some point where I think, hang on a minute. You know, here I am. I'm, you know, 37, 40, 42, whatever, whatever age I am. Do I really want to be a child? Why can't I be an adult who has only just got around to going on a Pokemon adventure? You know, why do I have to be a 10-year-old? So I've actually been kind of a bit turned off from it lately. But I am a moderator on a Pokemon forum and um the people i've met through that forum are among my best friends um in and i mean in in real life because most of us live close enough that we can hang out together um and there's basically the staff and then there's all the children <laughs> we don't, <you> know. <laughs> and we're getting older and older and we get new children all the time and we're like yeah 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 okay it's the kids uh I am currently playing a lot of the Ace Attorney games. Big fan of those. Other solid games. Uh, yeah, I used to play a lot of rhythm action games um, to the point where I imported stuff from Japan. You know, I, I have a Japanese PS2. Um, but that was, you know, when I was working and I had, I had spare money and I don't really have spare money anymore. Uh, in terms of what I do, I am a part-time PhD student and full-time disabled person. So, and I pay my own college fees, which isn't necessarily a given in this country. So, yeah. Oh, Don't have spare money for all this gaming. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then Alara, I don't, I'm, we're going to probably skip AKB because I'm worried about him not knowing where he is right now and not actually knowing. So we'll let Alara go first and see if AKB can actually remember his past as of right now. So. <laughs> so I also got into the series with Skyrim. And um, this was about half a year after the game was launched. I had gotten um, my first laptop of my own. Uh, I think it was after my first year of college. And um, I wanted a game that I could play on there, but that my family computer was too old to handle. And all I knew about Skyrim was the arrow in the knee meme. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine had posted a screenshot of her Khajiit character, so I knew it had cat people. And um, I knew that everyone said it was really good, because it was nominated for all kinds of awards. So um, it just happened to be 50% off when I was getting my laptop, so it was meant to be, and I was hooked that night. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I discovered the U UESP when looking up, um, some quests I was stuck on and joined the forum not too long afterward. And, um, so that summer that I started it, I, um, I just had, I think one summer class and I was just working like some evenings and weekends. So I had a lot of free time. So I pretty much completed the game and I started actually contributing to the wiki when Dragonborn came out, um, because there wasn't really anything about it on there. And so, yeah, I've been wiki editor since then. So I've started working my way back in the series. I've gotten through most of Oblivion. Just, um, I just still have the DLCs to get through and the main storyline. Um, and I think that's in, like, one or two Daedric Prince quests. I think that's about it. Only played a little bit of Mormon so far. Um, Battlespire, I attempted to play it on <laughs> my old laptop. I'm going to have to try it on this computer and see if it's any better. And then, yeah, ESO and Legends came out, so still working on those as well. Lots of games to catch up on. 
Um, so gaming in general, my parents had a Commodore 128 that was older than me. So that was <laughs> the uh, first gaming uh, the device, I guess you could call it, that I started. So uh, Ms. Pac-Man was my first video game. So I still love that game now. Whenever I see an arcade machine of it, I got to play it. Uh, some of the other games on there, um, there's one called Aztec Challenge where just like stuff would fly across the screen. You have to like jump or duck. Um, there was one called Death Sword, which my parents would not let me play for a while because uh, uh, you could cut the other player's head off, which even though it was, what, 16-bit graphics, a little bit too young for that. So Pilot Story kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a bit mortified uh, now. Our, <laughs> uh, yeah, our first real computer was a Windows 98. So, you know, kids' games, educational stuff. Um, I played a lot of Roller Coaster Tycoon and Zoo Tycoon, the um, original games in those series, um, and the Harry Potter games, which, um, you know, those are pretty good. So I didn't know that video game space on movies are usually not that great, but those were I good. don't remember Harry Potter video games. The Harry Potter video games were fantastic. I don't think I've Except ever for heard of them. I've been actually, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to try and figure out how to uh, get a virtual machine working because I've actually tried to install the earlier games on my current computer, and it turns out that there is like some kind of oh, some kind of setting that they got rid of after uh, Windows 8. And even in Windows 8, you had to. Um, enter in some console commands to enable it. It was something to do with like the security features on old disks, but it does not work at all in Windows 10. So the yeah, I just, the I just remember um, having to sneak past the prefects. And like in the Harry, the Harry Potter game that I played, whenever you did anything, you had to leave the dormitory, sneak past the prefects who were patrolling the library or something before you went anywhere. You had to keep doing this, and I was just like, no! Uh, I don't remember that from the ones that I played at all, but they're actually different between computer and um, well, between each platform, I think. Because, um, yeah, that was all I had until I was about in fifth grade. I was ten, and I got a Game Boy Color. And Game Boy Advance was already out at that point, so I was a little bit behind, but um, at that point then, I played a lot of the Pokemon games. I played a couple of the Harry Potter games on there. Um, Spyro, Seas of Ice, Season of Flame. Uh, got the Game Boy Advance, and then uh, later got a DS. Um, still, yeah, mostly Pokemon, um, Spyro, stuff like that. Um, Mario Kart, a lot of Nintendo stuff, basically. I was an early adopter of the 3DS because I skipped like the you know DS Lite, DSi, stuff like that. Oh, I had the DSi. Mm. Not a fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I enjoyed the 3DS anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's actually when I started playing the Zelda game. So I never played the original Ocarina of Time, but I've played the remastered version. And now I have an Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I'll allow it, he says. <laughs> yeah, so right now on there, I... Um, I'm focusing on the Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, which is awesome because that's one of my favorite Pokemon. I got a little plushie when I was a kid. And I actually still have it. I think it's on my couch here. Yeah. I have an Eevee plushie like, beside me because it's one of my son's favorite toys. I, I have an Ewok plushie. It's my little Eevee plushie that I've had since I was a kid. It's not entirely on topic, but since we're just doing general knowledge about all of us, everyone should announce their favorite Pokemon. I can't. Uh, I can't. 
I have tried one hundred thousand times to pick a favorite Pokemon, and I can't. The closest I come is Jigglypuff, but it changes yeah. all the time. All right, we got two. Baratron, did you have one or no? Ooh, see, I like Chikorita. I like Bayleaf. I love Mighty and China. However you say those, love those. So, you know, I got four. I can't. That's I fair. can't get it down to one. AKB, do you have one? He said Butterfree. Yeah, it's obvious. Mine is Sandshrew and Sandslash, by oh. far. So, Sandslash is definitely up there for me, and Sandshrew. I even have like a button of them. Like I also... Sandslash is the cutest thing that also could completely kill you. It's a hedgehog. <laughs> I love it. I have a real thing about you know. There's like the Pokemon that evolve by getting more of them stuck together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you get um, Magneton. Magneton, who's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and the ice cream Pokemon. My friends, you know, my friends from the from Pokecharms, absolutely take the nick out of me because I like I like the ice cream Pokemon. But I think it's so cute. You know, you've got a single ice cream, and then you've got like a double cone, and then you've got like the double cone that way. And I'd, I'd like that. I, I, I don't it's know. I just it's so do. silly, which is what I love about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I definitely have a soft spot for the ones and Rotom, you know, especially Rotoms. some of the weird ones like the Rotom Wash, and he's a washing yeah. machine. It's like, it's just so silly, and I, I I really like the ones that aren't necessarily based on actual real life organic animals. My thing is, I always like the non-humanoid ones more. I don't know what it is, but like how like a lot of the more recent hu- or recent Pokemon games, they've been kind of pushing more of the Pokemon to be more human-like and they're like bipedal and they have like kind of like humanish characteristics but i like the ones that are just like like a cream puff like jigglypuff like it's just kind of like <laughs> this is would never exist i didn't mean to completely unleash this topic <laughs> this is going we could be here for some time no you want to see the digimon games though because the digimon God, games digimon. um my, my friends yeah, but they, they went through a certain point where they figured, oh, the fans are getting older with the games. And so they started making all these, okay, how can I say this? Boob creatures. <laughs> it's true. It's the, oh, I'm sorry. It's the only way I can describe it. They started making all these boob creatures. What I'm going to do know, make, um, is... make flame atronauts <laughs> tasteful. They're bringing, bringing us back Elder Scrolls. AKB, in your time of before death, did you have a chance to go through some of this and did you want to go over it or do you want to save this as a secret for another day? Well, I don't want to go too far into it, but I will say that I'm glad you gave me some time to think about it because when <laughs> it would have been my turn. I was currently thinking, wait, how old am I? <laughs> I did you figure it it's out? It's always fun. I, I, it's... I, I had to narrow it down to like three years. At least do the first question for what your first Elder Scrolls game was. That my, one I bet you can remember without too many spoilers. My first Elder Scrolls games was Daggerfall, and the reason for that was, even though I was extremely young at the time, my father was way into computers uh, when he was growing up. Like he got every single one of the oldest computers on the planet that somehow cost five thousand dollars even though all they could do was like you could type into it a little bit kind of and it would return the characters you typed (laughs) yeah like 
And that was awesome. And he realized, oh, hey, this is going to be a big deal. So he made that a big part of his life. He introduced it to me from a very, very young age. Like the first time I built a computer from start to finish, and mind you, he helped me, was when I was four years old. And until... And I, I eventually found that computer again 10 years ago because I built it for uh, a friend of his and she was still using it and I helped her upgrade it. But because of that, my dad was into a bunch of older games or, well, they weren't old at the time, but he was into the games that were available at the time, which included stuff like Daggerfall. Uh, what I... Well... <laughs> I forgot that you could do this. Did you break the skybox? I'm no, I just forgot that you can actually look in 360 degrees in Oblivion. They removed that from Skyrim, I believe. But <laughs> one second. <laughs> Completely derailed. I'll finish my part, I guess. Well, yeah, go ahead. Figuring that out. Um, yeah, so sorry, uh, we interrupted you, and then we completely we go got <laughs> sidetracked by so uh, Pokemon. That's okay. Uh, I blame Lost. <laughs> my bad. Uh, yeah. So generally, in my games, I just um, I, I guess I do more like narrow but deep. Like I don't think I played like a lot of things that I hear people talking about, but the things that I do play, like I've sunk a lot of time into. I try to 100% complete pretty much. But right now, my main focus is Elder Scrolls and the few things that I'm playing on the Switch and Pokemon Go. I've got a lot of people in town, a good group that plays, so that's been a lot of fun, good way, um, good motivation for exercise. And I guess outside of gaming, um, I'm a programmer. I work with educational software, um, and specifically, I mostly work with databases. Um, and I have a beta fish named Julian. Hey. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I just, just learned something. Yeah, I just got him just a, about a month or two ago. About a month, I'd say. A couple weeks. We've got all the database workers on the lower half here. What's that? I said we've got all the database workers on the lower half of the podcast Oh, yeah. Here. It's like they work <laughs> well, on the I'm back just, end or something. I'm just amused that by the sounds of it, you all work in IT of some sort. And then there's me on the day. <laughs> Well, I what's mean, your PhD in? It's a server dedicated to nerds, so it makes <laughs> sense. Soil bacteria. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's pretty it. much IT. I'm not saying it isn't nerdy. I, you know, I don't <laughs> work in IT. Husband does that. Not me. Awesome. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed our little dig into the, the our real life lore here. So we can... <laughs> call it that uh it went a bit longer than i thought because we originally thought we had nothing to talk about so we had a big beefy That's show news. this week lots of news and next week i believe we'll be doing a little bit more special talk because our embargoes are over we can talk about things and it's the tw i believe is that the 25th anniversary of uesp or the no, or of elder scrolls of the elder scrolls not uesp of the elder scrolls in general it's the 25th anniversary so that's going to be a fun one to talk about. We might be able to get a bunch of people on to talk about a little bit of the history of the game and see if we can get some other people. So on that note, I'm going to sign off and let everybody tell you where they can find them. I'm pile on your host as usual. And then lost, where can people find you? Look for me on the discord. You can ping me if you wish. I 
tolerated it last time, I can continue <laughs> to do so. You know we're all going to ping you now. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to ping you. And Alara? Um, you can find me on the USP's Discord or Wiki. I'm Alara there. On Twitter, underscore Alara underscore. And I think I'll just change it to something quick so that <laughs> you guys don't bother me about that every week. But, um, yeah, I... Uh, I'm hoping to just be at Alara at some point because the person who had it like abandoned hers years ago and has another account. And apparently one of the things that can help you like convince Twitter to take over the account is to get a URL with your username. So I've done that since last week. So yeah, it's exciting. So yeah, I'm thinking of maybe try to get a few more followers first, you know, so I have a little bit of a better case, but until then, I'll just probably change it to something that won't break formatting wherever I put it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Baratron, how about yourself? Uh, you can mostly find me on Discord. You can find me on many Discords. Um, not just the UESPs. And you can find me on ESO, mostly on PCNA, but also on PCEU, especially during the special events, because I want my Indrik on both servers. <laughs> awesome. And outside of your fever dream, whatever, whatever it is <laughs> you are doing right now in Oblivion, AKB, <laughs> where can people find you? It just un- it just undid everything I was doing. Wow. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Alara. <laughs> <laughs> now we know why they haven't. She hasn't been able to get that account. It's just been AKB <laughs> sitting on it. Uh, I'm on Discord, and if you read any of our social media, it's probably me posting to it, unless it's not. <laughs> specific i like it and as for myself you can find me on basically any social media platform just search for pylon that's p-y-l-a-w-n and make sure you follow the show too um you can find us on discord uh discord.gg slash uesp anywhere else if you search for uesp you should be able to find us and also go to the website uesp.net i don't think i've actually like promoted that on the show i just realized now but go to the wiki and read some articles it'll be great you'll learn something yeah, we should put that in the um, top corner of the screen. We should really the put side. the actual website in the screen there. Yeah, I'll talk <laughs> yeah. to Theo after the show because I just clued in right now. I'm like, we've never actually mentioned the website. So make sure you guys go there. And everybody else, enjoy your adventures in Tamriel and stay safe. And we hope you guys see us next time. Bye for now. So long. Thank you.